The Nick Holt Podcast. This morning, uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that is probably relevant to most people who listen uh, to this podcast. I actually think it's relevant to most people in uh, Western countries, whether they are fully cognizant of it or not. And that is what we might call the war on uh, traditionalism or the war on traditional values and generally the war on what we considered for many hundreds of years uh, at the minimum to be good, to be virtuous things that uh, we celebrated in our society. But what's taking place now is sort of the opposite of that. You're seeing a celebration of these opposing forces, uh, things like the LGBTQ plus movement, which is often incorrectly conflated with anti-homophobia. In fact, all you need to do is find a gay person who believes in traditionalism and then see how they're treated by members of this ideological organisation. Uh, Joe Biden posted a tweet which uh, is really quite extraordinary. Biden has said, Pride is about courage and justice. Since my first day in office, I've signed a comprehensive executive order to protect LGBTQ plus rights reinforced federal protections for transgender kids and launched a whole of government initiative to advance equity in LGBTQ plus communities. My guest is Johnny Anomaly, the US political philosopher. Johnny, what does that mean, that tweet? Well, as far as I can tell, it's just a series of buzzwords, right? What's really interesting about that to me is, well, one, the transgender thing, which is often at odds with LGBT, right? But the gay community often has very little to do with the transgender community. But two, the word equity, they're just obsessed with that word, which five years ago, nobody ever used under any circumstances. You simply wouldn't have heard the word equity uttered. And now it's in everything, right? So um, unclear, but as we've discussed before, equity means something like equality of outcome in contrast to equality under the law or equality of starting points. The thing is, as you know, transgender people, uh, gays, lesbians, they already have equality under the law. There's no doubt about that. And they want to continue this fight. And so they can't talk about equality anymore. That's why they talk about equity. The real question, I suppose, is, well, what do they want that they don't already have? And it's pretty clear that they already have equality. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this, but you, you may know this. If you're transgender in the United States, the chance that you'll get murdered is actually lower than if you were non-transgender, if you're a normal person. So any, you know, I, I think somebody tallied up the number of transgender murders a couple of years ago, and the number was something like 19. And then when you take the percentage of people that self-identify as trans, whatever that is, you know, 1% or something, you know, and you do the math, you're actually safer as a transgender person, not, not in more danger. And somebody else broke that down even further. Turns out when you look at who's done the murdering of the transgender people, not only are they murdered at a lower rate, 
than straight people, but it's almost exclusively black men that are murdering them. Every fact goes so far against any kind of narrative that they're trying to push. This is why it's fact-free stuff. They're talking about equity and dignity and pride and all that. It's nonsense. Obviously, they already had all of that. This is about pushing us further, in my opinion, toward a world in which basically the normal family structure where there's a wife and a husband and children is itself marginalized, right? That is supposed to be something that is not the center of our civilization, but that's marginalized. That's considered weird. We can extrapolate from this point and see where it may end in terms of the destruction of the family. Yeah, it's, it's very dangerous. And as you probably know, in China, they're actually trying to promote masculinity now. Whether you agree with that or not, you know, it's the exact opposite of what, what we're doing. And they're trying to promote family masculinity for men and fertility. That's the opposite of what we're doing. You know, Eric Kaufman just came out with a new report. I think it was today um, on this issue. And he charts, first of all, the percentage of the population in the UK, Canada, US, Australia, these Western countries that self-identify as gay or transgender in 1980, 1990, 2000, and now. And it goes from like 5% to 20% self-identifying as transgender or gay. This is not evolutionarily possible. Biologically, a species like that would have gone extinct a long time ago. And he goes through the literature and not just charts the percentages, but he tries to disentangle, you know, what is maybe like a natural percentage versus being encouraged through social norms, social media, schools. And it's clear, almost all of this is being encouraged. And you've seen it in kindergartens and second grade and in, in middle schools. I now know people, family, friends, and so on, who are talking about their their children, their little boy coming out as a girl and asking for hormone replacement therapy. This simply didn't happen when we were kids. It wasn't 20% of your classmates. So th this is pretty evil at this point because back to the family, think about how a society reproduces itself. I'm not saying you know it's evil to be gay or transgender. I'm saying it's evil to promote it because it's the surest way to extinction. I mean, if nothing else, a society exists to replicate itself. And if people aren't having children, and if family and children are marginalized, well, what the hell are we even doing anymore? If you want to, if you want to reduce the population, these things are perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's the motivation. Um, it could be. I, I don't think it is actually, but I know a lot of people, you know, in dissident circles are. What, why is that? Well, I think what's going on is something different, which is like the kind of end pro product of late stage liberalism where it's like you've achieved full toleration, but that doesn't satisfy the human mind. Yeah. Right? The religious part of our mind wants more. It wants meaning. It wants to fight. It wants to fight evil. And when evil doesn't exist, you create it to fight it. And in this case, they're creating artificially. It's like, what is evil? Well, it's like, I don't know, a Trump supporter. Or what is evil? It's a homophobe. And then you ask, I don't know, Jordan Peterson, some like moderate guy with moderate views, like, are you a homophobe? You know, it's like, no, like, why would I be a homophobe? So they just have to make, make one. Now, of course, it's possible they're trying to depopulate or, or something. Crazier things have happened. But I actually think it's just them 
trying to find a new enemy to fight, new sources of liberation. Everyone's been liberated in all ways. And so now it's like we have to find fake liberation, right? Fake categories. I think you're right. It's more feasible that that's the case. And because at the end of the day, this stuff is viewed as popular. Yeah, it's popular among a certain, well, the elite, which is the important thing, right? It's popular in universities, among journalists, among these people, right? It's Maybe it's 5 or 10 or at most 20% of the population, but those are the people with power, the power of the press, the power of shaping young minds. And so, yeah, they want to signal to them you know, we're, we have solidarity against this common enemy, which doesn't really exist, but you know, let's, let's fight the good fight, pretend it's the sixties or whatever it is. Right. It's just, I think that's what's going on, but then a product of it is pure evil. The product is seven-year-olds taking hormone therapy and they won't be able to have children or have a normal family 20 years from now. As you probably know, huge numbers of people who transition commit suicide afterwards. So I don't think they want them to. I don't think they're that evil. I know some people will say, oh, Bill Gates, you know, he's trying to sterilize everyone. Look, anything's possible. I don't think that's the explanation. I think the children are collateral damage from them just virtue signaling their way into eternity, into just oblivion. That's what I think. I could be wrong. I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. We'll just take it back to liberalism for a second. It's a kind of political and social philosophy, right? One of the the core elements of liberalism was its representation of individual rights and liberties and democracy and all this thing. Right? Sure. But as you said, we've achieved all of this and we're left with, if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to. Right. So you make up things to fight because you have all of your, the things that you normally need to defend against, you don't need to defend against. You've got your needs met, you know, that sort of thing. Our ancestors would have had to worry about, obviously, disease, hunger, all the usual things, warfare. Once those are eliminated, uh, a lot of the, uh, the woke essentially invent you know, fake dragons to fight. They're not sort of challenged to um, develop what you might call a kind of cognitive immune system you know, because they don't have to encounter opposing points of views. They don't have to encounter these, these challenges. And so almost like an autoimmune disease, the, the woke mind virus is something that evolves to um, parasitize minds that don't have anything left to fight off like they would in ancestral conditions or times of scarcity. That's one way to, one way to think about this anyway. Why these kinds of luxury beliefs can, can form, take hold, and spread despite being contrary to reality itself. So perhaps working and toiling in a field and to put food on the table for a, a family of six is actually an antidote to this. Yeah, exactly. Because your beliefs have to correspond with reality if you're in times of scarcity, if you're yeah, farming, if you're dealing with like, you know, weather challenges, building a house, whatever the, the situation is. But if you're a you know, New York Times journalist on Twitter, you can just create a fake reality, including fake threats sources of intolerance that don't exist. This, this seems to sort of emerge among those people, right? It's not like people in African tribes are coming up with these kinds of problems. Obviously, they're too worried about mere existence. Yeah. Well, yeah and not even uh, African tribes. If you go to, you know, Solomon Islands, or you won't find any of this. Right. 
or even Eastern Europe, right, where it's just a little bit poorer than Western Europe, yeah, they're, they're still worried about just sort of building their civilization. They don't have the luxury of believing these things. Also, there is an active pushback and fight against it in places like Poland. That's right. Hungary, Poland, a lot of these countries, you know, they still have toleration. They're not executing, you know, transgender people or something, but they do encourage more traditional families. And of course, having children and that sort of thing. It's trite, but true that, you know, a lot of mainstream conservatives are just liberals 10 years ago or whatever. That's been said many hundreds of times, but it's still true. Yeah, a lot of them are simply unwilling to fight on their own terms. So they try to prove all the time, well, I'm not a transphobe or a racist. Yeah, that's not working. You know, you're still getting dragged to the left every year further and further. The, the wealth probably, you know, and the lack of threats probably doesn't help. And then the norms going as far as they have just makes it even worse. Even the ones that wake up, they don't see a way out. Because what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to challenge the New York Times or, you know, the University of Sydney or whatever it is? What are you going to do? I think that's a big problem, too. There's a feeling of helplessness. Maybe the answer is, if not a total collapse of civilization, which I don't think is going to happen, these kinds of uh, micro collapses, right? Like the stock market collapsing, something like that. It seems to me there's going to have to be something significant to wake people up and really get them motivated. But I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong about that. Maybe the pendulum can just slowly swing back in our direction. I'm, I'm not confident of that, though. I don't think it will. So uh, what we're getting to here, right, is that there is no great conspiracy going on. These things are simply just band-aids over the sort of gaping wound of post-liberalism. And I see that as a good thing. Yes. Yeah, because where are they going to go from here? I mean, okay, so we've seen the progression from like uh, gay rights, okay, fine, and then gay marriage. And some people agree, some disagree. And then they push transgenderism as if that's just completely normal and most people are transgender, you know, sex-affirming surgery, transgender people in prisons where they're raping women. You know, this is just going farther and farther, and more and more people, of course, are pretty skeptical of it, vaguely aware something's going on. Where else do they go from here? You know, we're seeing the sexualization of children. There are going to be lines they cross where it just either leads to serious catastrophe or leads to people, you know, just rejecting the whole thing. So I don't know where that is, but there's just, I don't see how much farther they can go with this stuff. I agree. I think it's going to be uh, a wild quarter of a century ahead of us, at least. Absolutely. <laughs> Professor Johnny Anomaly, Thanks a lot for coming on the show again this morning. All right. Always fun to be with you, Nick. The Nick Holt Podcast.